We are almost to the end of our series in 1 Corinthians, and what I suggested to you last week was that the Apostle Paul is urging the Corinthian church to commit themselves to being what I'm calling resurrectionists, that they are going to be people who don't simply believe in their heads about who Jesus is and about the resurrection, but they actually live this out. They, they, they define themselves by the power and the reality of the resurrection. That <clears throat> they would stop playing small, competing with each other, arguing, bickering about who's got the better spiritual gift, taking each other to court, indulging their their physical longings and passions instead of giving themselves wholeheartedly to the larger work of being the body of Christ who builds one another up in order to go be the love of Christ out in the world. This crazy idea to be a resurrectionist is to to walk around in life knowing I am not by myself. I am part of the body of Christ meant to be Christ in the world. That's the whole deal. And Paul, as he's finishing up these reflections, wants to remind people and give them a picture of where this is all headed, of how this is all going to look, what the ultimate expression, the culmination of love is going to look like. And the the way he describes it, I hope, as you hear it, will give you both a sense of relief and expectation. A sense of hope and a sense of rest. And I think being a resurrectionist has this amazing combination of feelings connected to it. That sense of, I am now called to give my absolute best in the name of love in the, for the balance of my life. As much strength as I have, as much capacity as I have, I'm called to give this generously and I can relax. I can re- rest and just trust that where this is all headed and where I'm going to end up in all this is not up to me. I don't have to make this happen. I can just trust that God's in it. I believe that's what Paul's inviting the people of God to hear. So let's hear together 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 50. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. From Isaiah chapter 25, death has been swallowed up in victory. And then again in Hosea, Paul quotes, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, my dear sisters and brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. This is the word of the Lord. Let's say thanks be to God. So he repeats himself a couple of times here with this strange phrase, the perishable must take on the imperishable, the mortal must take on the immortal. And he's really emphasizing this because he is concerned that people are sort of of the mind, perhaps, that we're, it's up to us to sort of make this thing happen. And what he wants to emphasize is that this thing, that is our transformation, is the work of God at work within us. It's his grace. And that it's actually leading somewhere. And that, that, that this, is, this story was one that didn't just start with us. It doesn't just start with me. It actually starts all the way back at the beginning of creation. It begins at Genesis chapter 1. And Paul wants to simply say that God had an image of a perfect and perfected creation in which death suffering and pain no longer have the last word. That was always God's intention starting from Genesis 1 all the way to this moment, he says, and he wants to assure us that 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 day will come. And he sort of summarizes that day, that last day is the trumpet sound, that there's going to be a moment when it's all different. And I I take extraordinary comfort in that. Because I don't know about you, but I think progress is pretty darn slow. In my own life, I am, I feel like, man, I am just not getting there as fast as I want to. And what Paul wants to say is, keep you doing you and just know that there is, a, there is an ultimate. There is a completion. This all does work itself out, and that will happen in an instant. In, in the meantime, you keep doing you. And don't play small anymore. Stop playing small and just go, go hard at you being the, in the body of Christ and you loving as hard as you can, serving as hard as you can, standing firm in the gospel as hard as you can, being the best resurrectionist you can be. You keep doing that and just know that God's got this handled. And I can just really, this is just kind of like, okay, I can just sigh. All right, I don't, I don't, have, to, I don't, have, to, I don't have to feel like this is just never going to, like progress is always going to be this slow. There's going to be that moment. But it also should encourage me to recognize that what we're working through is in, act, in actuality um, just developing our capacity for eternal things. Everything we're dealing with now is temporary. Everything we are dealing with now is still under, have, experiencing the influences of sin and death, but that that is ultimate, that's going to all get resolved at, at some point. And therefore, what I should be really focusing on right now is developing my capacity and continuing to, to grow and, 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 and develop a taste for the things of heaven. You know what heaven is, right? Heaven is not where you go when you die. It's not that. Heaven is not way out there, far away, where you have to travel and struggle and get there. Heaven is, in fact, the place that God holds all 
of the best expressions of all the good things you experience right now. Think about your favorite Thanksgiving dish. For me, it's my son's pecan pie. My son's pecan pie is pretty close to heaven, in my humble opinion. He has mastered what his grandmother's recipe is. It's a great thing to be in the middle of these two generations. (laughs) Grandma makes a good pecan pie. The boy makes a good pecan pie. I get two pie. Got it? So... And I want to just invite you to think, as much as that pie is wonderful, there will be pecan pie in heaven. And there's this expression, of this, the, the ultimate expression of that, that I get to look forward to. I'm not ready for it yet. I'm not ready for it yet. You're not ready for it yet. God's been actually holding it and waiting on it, but we do want to experience it. Amen? Now, as I, at the beginning of this text, he says, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And we want to be really clear that, that for, a lot of time, for a long, long time, people have read that and said, oh, that heaven is a spiritual reality and this is a physical reality and those two things don't have anything to do with each other. That is not what Paul is saying. Because he's emphasized over and over again, hasn't he, that the, the resurrection is in fact a physical resurrection, that Jesus was a physical guy after the resurrection. They, he hung out with his friends. They touched him. They, they, shared, they shared a meal with him. He was a, his body was different, but it was still totally physical. And this is what Paul's trying to get at, this idea of imperishable and imperishable. Now, it's my job to try to explain this to you in terms that you can understand. If Jesus were here, he would draw upon the images and the uh, illustrations of his day. So what would he talk about? Well, he'd talk about things like the seed. He, he would use agriculture. He'd talk about a seed and say, think about this seed. What's the seed look like? Well, it's this little dark thing. You throw it in the ground. What comes up? Does it look like the seed? No, it looks totally different. A whole different, I mean, there's a whole amazing life that comes out of that seed. From seed to plant is an amazing transformation. And that's the, that's the image that Jesus would use, right? If anybody knows me, they know that I don't really do well with plants. So I'm not going to use that one. Instead, I'm going to use, I'm going to suggest to you that what Paul is trying to say to us is, this perishable to, to imperishable is the ultimate upgrade of your operating system. It's the ultimate upgrade of your operating system. You are moving from one form of operating system to another. So when I was getting ready to, to, a couple years ago, I was getting ready to to take a two-week trip to India to visit our friends, uh, Rosie and Anand, and their amazing uh, orphanage uh, in uh, Vizag, India. And I had my old iPhone. And I'm like, man, I'm going to India. I want to make sure I take the best pictures I can, and I need more memory because I'm going to take lots of pictures. And I'm going to, you know, I, and I had my old phone with the small memory, and I'm like, okay, I need to upgrade this. So I go down to the Apple store, and of course, you know, so I'm going to get the latest version, which I never do. I always get the, you know, the one back or the little cheaper one, right? But I'm like, nope, I'm going all the way in this time. And they say to me, would you like to join our 
iPhone Forever program. And I say, say more. <clears throat> and, and the iPhone Forever program works like this. You do your monthly payment, no interest, but you make your monthly payment, and then whenever you want to, you can bring your phone in and swap it in for the next model up. Just trade it out and keep on going. iPhone Forever. And if you do this program, then you are, have Apple Care, which means... You can bring your phone back in any wrecked state that you may find it in case that water buffalo in India steps on your iPhone. If you bring that crunched iPhone back to us on the other side of the world, we'll just give you a brand new one. And all your memory and everything, you know, all your pictures and stuff, that's all up in the cloud, so it's safe. iPhone forever, huh? Yeah, yeah, hook me up for that, right? You following? Now, whenever we talk about technology, there are three types of people, right? There are early adopters, late adopters, and not adopters. (laughs) And the early adopters are the ones who, the, the, the moment that brand new phone, the moment that news technology, they want to be the first. They want to be the first to experience it and to be out there living it. You following? I think you're trying to you know, see the, where I'm going with this, right? It's the, Paul wants us all to be early adopters for this resurrectionist life. To go big, to risk it. To go and get the new technology, get the new experience, and begin to practice it and live into it as much as you can. Be an early adopter. The early adopters are the ones who are the adventurers. They're the ones who are going to learn and grow and expand their capacity of understanding. Now, what he wants to say to the Corinthian church is, you guys are acting like late adopters or non-adopters. Me, I'm more of a late adopter. After everybody else has done it, after everybody else has learned, after everybody else has got sort of, then maybe I'll try it. And even when I've tried it, I'm really reluctant. Right now, I don't have the latest iPhone. In fact, my kids have one better than me, which is never allowed to happen, right? But it's, that's where we are right now. And, I, and, I, and like, me, like many of you, I imagine, you're thinking, this is good enough. My iPhone 6 is fine, I took it to India, it lived, I came back, it still works, it's fine. But see, that's the problem. When we live our Christian life that way, I'm fine. I love Jesus, Jesus loves me, I go to church, I tithe mostly, I bring some food when there's a food drive, I'm okay. I'm just trying to get, I don't, I don't want to get too into this. Paul wants to say, stop playing small. Don't you realize that when the trumpet sounds and the twinkling of an eye, all this is going to be changed and transformed, and you want to be on the way to exploring that and knowing it and developing a capacity for it. You are training for reigning. You are training for that time when you are with God going to be in charge of all this, joining in the fullness of His creation 
And besides, you've got the iPhone Forever program. <laughs> besides, you have Apple Care. It's all safe. You're perfectly safe. What matters to you, the things that you're holding on to, perfectly safe in Christ. It's all safe. So what are you playing small for? Do you follow? You follow what he's saying? Don't be a late adopter. Be an early adopter. Give yourself to this work. And then, of course, he wants to say to those non-adopters, the people who are still on the fence, the people who are still like, I'm not so sure about this iPhone thing. I think it's kind of a fad. I don't know about the, I don't know about the interwebs. I think it's, I think it's just going to pass away, right? Those people, hey, he's like, you're going to get left behind because there's going to be a moment in the twinkling of an eye, trumpet sound, when this whole thing resets. And all the awesome apps that you have been longing for, the ones that are stored in heaven, the awesome apps for ultimate relationship, ultimate community, ultimate healing, ultimate wholeness, ultimate love, all these apps that, are gonna get, that everybody else is going to get to enjoy on their iPhone infinity, you're not going to get to be a part of it. So as, so as much as he's looking at the Corinthian church saying, you guys are these late adopters and it's time to, it's time to get in with this, right? It's time to, be, to, to give yourself fully to this life. The also, we also need to say a word to the non-adopters who think that maybe this is all just going to pass away. And, you know, we know non-adopters, don't we? They're the cynical ones. They're the cynical ones. They're like, eh, I don't really believe in that. I don't think it's all that great. It's not, it can't be that big a deal. It can't be that special. And Paul wants to say, you're going to get left behind. You're going to get left behind. Enter into this and start working it. Now, maybe you are one of those non-adopters when it comes to iPhones or Androids. Yes, I'll make a reference to an Android if you want me to. <clears throat> maybe you're one of those people that's like, you know what, I'm just holding out. And what I would want to say when it comes to the technology stuff is that's fine, but you, but you recognize how dependent you are on everybody else, right? To kind of carry you along. And frankly, friends, this is the thing I get worried about in church. I get worried about the people who are like, I don't really need this church thing for me, but my wife likes it. So I'll go with for her. I'm coming for the kids. The ki- you know, I want to make sure the kids have this. It's not, I don't really need it, but for the kids, right? It's important that they have it. And I just want to say, you got to understand, this is the, the good stuff that, that's being offered. The fullness of the kingdom life is, is available to you right now, and you want to start growing in it now. You do not want to be waiting until the, you know, the, the deathbed con- confession time. You don't want to be waiting because, as I said, heaven isn't where you go when you die. Heaven is, what, Je- what did Jesus say? The kingdom of God is where? at hand, right now, in front of you, here it is. Sign up. Get on this program now. It isn't something that we get to eventually. It's what we're living into right now or not right now. It's a present tense reality. So, friends, if you hear this text this morning and you are tired If this life and the burdens and the challenges of this life have really been hard for you, then I want you to hear this text with the encouragement that says, hold on. Hold on. 
because there's going to be that day sooner than you realize when it's all going to change. Hold on. You can trust in the God who says that in the, that in the twinkling of an eye, you're going to see Jesus face to face and the fullness of all this joy, the fullness of this, this, this uh, operating system transformation is going to be yours. Maybe you are among the frustrated, the restless, the yearning, the ones who are like, I, we just, I can't wait. I want that. I want to see heaven's justice in my community and in my nation. I want to see the end of war. I want to see the end of climate and, and, and environmental destruction. I want to see the end of human trafficking. I want to see the end of all these lesser, evil, sin, death things. I want to see the end of it. I'm so frustrated. To you, I want to say, have hope. This is not the time to become cynical. This is the time to double down on kingdom, the kingdom operating system of love, the kingdom operating system of charity, generosity, of mercy. Double down on it. Have hope and keep doing it because what does the text say? Know that everything, all that labor you do in the Lord is not in vain. No act of love is ever wasted. No act of hope is ever wasted. No, nothing you do in the name of Jesus in love for another is ever lost. It all is part of that eternal work that God's doing of bringing the ultimate expression of his kingdom to pass, and it's happening right now. And if you, if you were on the fence, if you're reluctant about this, for heaven's sake, start now. Start now. First time I had a device in my pocket like this, 1996. It was a Palm Pilot. <laughs> I know. I took, before I got my iPhone, I took my phone into uh, the AT&T store, and it was like three, four years old. The person who, I, who helped me that day had never seen it. It's like, oh, wow, this is really old school. I've never seen one of these before. That's how fast things move, right? You don't want to be left behind on this stuff. You don't want to be a Palm Pilot user in an iPhone world. But I, you know what? I don't regret having a Palm Pilot as clunky and as silly as it seems. You know, we all laugh about that technology, but it's how I learned. It's how I learned. And we need to do the same kind of learning for the kingdom, don't we? Shake your head yes. You don't have to say amen or nothing. You just shake your head yes for me, would you? We, this is the same learning. Start now. It's not too late. It's not too late, but there is an end. There will be a moment when it's all done. It'll all be completed. Start now. This journey we've been on together for nine years, you and I, is one that's about to end. And I've been thinking a lot about that. And I've been wrestling with a text like this that says, don't trust that the work you've done in the Lord is not in vain. I'd be lying if I said I don't struggle with that. Is this church more committed to the kingdom project than it was when I started? Do we love with greater love than we did when I started? Do we have a deeper longing to see 
compassion, justice, mercy pour out of this space into every corner of our community and our world through us? Or have I just been talking to myself? I have to trust that the work I've done in the Lord is not in vain. You've got your own story about this. You've got your own story in your own life with the own people that you've been pouring yourself out in love to and wondering to yourself, is this, is this going to get, has this been worth it? Wherever you are in that, my friends, let us take hope in this text and get on with the work. Get on with it and give ourselves as generously to it as possible, knowing that the one who empowers us to this work is going to bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Amen? Loving God, thank you for this word. Thank you for this rich and full day we've experienced. And so now, Lord, as we bring our, our worshiping time to a close, as we get ready to start packing boxes and complete that important project, of, of love as we prepare to give ourselves generously to our family and our friends around a Thanksgiving table in all these things to the weary give us resilience to the restless give us hope to the reluctant give us the courage to start we ask in Jesus name Amen.